if I can't do it perfectly, I'm going to look like an idiot if I put something mm -hmm. out there. So I won't do it at all. And the way to combat this is with a growth mindset. A growth mindset isn't worried about failure or making mistakes or not doing it perfect because it sees progress over perfection. Mm. That failure leads to iteration and innovation and leads to success. So it's just a natural part of success. But if excellence leads to procrastination, we're losing. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high-achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. Imagine standing at the foot of a mountain, its peak shrouded in mist. The path ahead is steep, sometimes treacherous. The climb is daunting, and at the bottom where you stand, the peak seems almost insurmountable. Yet you know that the view from the top, the sense of accomplishment, is worth the exertion. But somehow you can't bring yourself to take that first step. You stand there suspended in a moment that stretches on and on. And this, my friend, is the valley of procrastination. And many of us are standing right there with you. Perfectionism, that ever gnawing desire to make everything just right, could be whispering in your ear, convincing you that it's not perfect. It's not worth starting. Or maybe it's the fear of failure lurking in the shadows, making the mountain seem even more intimidating. It's a universal fear, isn't it? Falling short, tripping up, not making the cut. But isn't failure also the best teacher? Then there's the feeling of being overwhelmed. The path seems too steep, the climb too arduous. You're swept up in the sea of distractions, the noise around you drowning out your focus, or perhaps... The problem lies in prioritizing, in discerning which trail to take when you're faced with a mountain range of tasks. And let's not forget the fear of the unknown, the mystery of what lies ahead that keeps us rooted in place. Maybe it's the lack of accountability, the absence of someone to walk the path with us that leaves us in a state of suspension. Whatever your reason, procrastination is a thief. And it steals our time, our potential, our oftentimes peace. But today, we take a stand against this bandit. We delve into the reasons behind our delays, the psychology of all of our postponements, and most importantly, how to break free from the chain of procrastination. So join us as we embark on this journey together. 
So join us as we embark on this journey together, unearthing strategies and insights that could be the compass you need to start your climb. Let's explore the undulating terrains of procrastination, not to be lost, but instead to find our way. Welcome to this episode about procrastination. Angus, your wife, Samantha, had a shirt uh, that she wore a few years back that I just thought was hilarious. It said, procrastinators unite tomorrow. So it's this idea of (laughs) we know what we should do, but we just can't do it. And so many times when we step into a new level of challenge in our business or a new level in our personal lives, we're getting married or we have kids or kids are going out of the house, we end up with these new obstacles and we run into this thing where we freeze on some of the more important things we need to do, maybe with our health or business or relationships. And we have those questions that come up like, why do I keep on procrastinating on the most important things? Like, why am I filling my time with these trivial things when I know the thing I really need to do is have that difficult conversation with my team member, or I need to really work on that big picture pitch Mm -hmm. for the investors. Mm -hmm. Um, We sometimes prioritize these trivial activities or the the urgent activities over the crucial decisions. And I'm excited about this conversation because what we want to do is unpack why we do those things and how do we move through them. Have, Have you ever experienced procrastination on major levels or in a season of your life? Uh, no, I I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, it never happens to me. Uh, yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. And I would tell you, it's also like every time we want to go to the next level in our business, our relationships, like anything that we have, we're oftentimes faced with some kind of resistance. Like something comes, some feels like some kind of force, some kind of a circumstance, some kinds of things like try to push us back into our box where we came from. And a new challenge will, on some cases, cause us to like question ourselves, like whether we're worthy of this challenge, whether we deserve that kind of success. Maybe it's something even like, do I even have what it takes to fulfill this? And this is some of that deep psychological stuff that will put us in pause and keep us locked up and not taking the steps we need to take in order to move forward. And I would also say that there's some other elements too related to this one being a fixed mindset. And if you're not familiar with that, it's the opposite of a growth mindset, meaning I'm going to do the same things over and over again, expecting different results. That would be an example of fixed mindset. Uh, Another example of fixed mindset is like, this is the way we've always done it. Why would we try it any other way? Like all the things that keep people like in this lane of, I cannot innovate, I cannot change, I cannot grow. That is where procrastination can kick in because change it's hard for some people. Change is asking something of you. When you go into a place of growth, it means you're going to have to be someone else. And as leaders, every one of us know that you have to grow in order for your business to grow. And so the last element I would say to this related, a fixed mindset also stays in scarcity. Meaning you may have some stories in your background of maybe lack or uh, poverty or uh, not having enough or having lost 
different stuff. Maybe you had a business that failed or a relationship that failed or something of that nature. And you've now equated that to this present situation. And you're like, oh, don't want to do that again. And you'll actually stall any forward progress because of your attachment to the past. That's all like a low grade, super subconscious element of fear. And these are some of the things that are getting in our way all the time that create the procrastination that we do not need in our business at all. And Angus, uh, we're not alone. This is, procrastination is something that affects so many business leaders. Um, there's a couple of studies that came out. One says approximately 46%, almost half of business leaders say that mm -hmm. procrastination is a major barrier from them moving forward and achieving their business objectives. Uh, business leaders who procrastinate are more likely to experience missed opportunities, mm. lower job satisfaction, increased levels of stress, higher risk of burnout. So this is something that is not something we want to pull back from or just accept, but it's something we want to need to fight and we need to move forward. And how do we get around procrastination? Uh, one study I thought by uh, CNBC was just, it was just crazy. It said the average employee the cost of procrastination for each employee in the U.S. is approximately eight thousand five hundred dollars. So if you have you know ten employees, that's eighty grand a year. You have a hundred employees, mm. that's close to a million dollars of lost revenue simply due to procrastination. So as the leader goes, so goes the business. And so for us as leaders, we want to not only allow procrastination to be eliminated in our life as much as possible. But how do we also set that standard and teach our team to follow suit so we don't lose revenue, right? Well, I would say even more than revenue, and though that's a huge piece, it's momentum, it's uh, market share, it's like all these other components that happen when a business person will not make the move, they need to make the move when they need to make the move. I don't even know if that makes sense, but you know what I mean? It's like they get to this place where, and, and, and I've experienced this too, it's like you stall, you stall, you stall until the pain becomes so unbearable that you have to do something. Now the board is breathing down your neck. Now you've got investors who are very concerned. Now you have stockholders who you know, are starting to like pick up the pitchforks and, and, and the flaming torches, you know, cause they're coming after you. That's when suddenly someone will step into gear. Now, hopefully you're not procrastinating that long, but I'm being a little bit verbose, verbose, a little facetious to say like, it is the pain that will oftentimes finally cause us to make the decisions we were otherwise not willing to make to confront the situations we otherwise wouldn't allow ourselves to confront or even to make the internal changes in ourselves that yeah. maybe we were afraid to adjust. And I guess you can attest to this. How many times have we had a colleague or a friend know they need to make some big shifts in their health, right? They're not taking care of their body, mm. but it takes the heart attack before they can finally now make time, you know, to, yeah. to exercise or, you know, they, they know they should be prioritizing, you know, I, man, I need to be spending more time with my family, but it takes the wife packing the suitcase with the kids. I'm out of here before, whoa, 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 you know, yeah. and now all of a sudden we have time. So I think what's powerful about this conversation is how do we start doing those things now? Mm. How do we forecast 
realizing if we keep not taking action on those big things, can we forecast the cost that it's going to have? Mm. You told me about an experience that Tony Robbins does, and yeah. I'm fascinated by this. I'd love tell me about how he kind of helps you realize the pain of staying the same. Oh, well, he has this whole exercise. I can't even remember what it's called, but he actually takes you through an exercise where he takes you into the future self. Where would you be a year from now? Where will you be five years from now? Where will you be 10 years from now? Where will you be 30 years from now if you don't change the things that you're confronting right now? Like if you were to stay the same, what will that mean? And it's a painful exercise because then you start realizing that my resistance to making adjustments in my life, in my business, in my marriage, et cetera, how I interact with my kids, like it's going to inflict more pain down the road than what I'm currently perceiving in this moment. And you tie that into the understanding from a business perspective of what's called opportunity cost. Like what opportunities am I missing out on because I'm refusing to take action on some of these things? And some of these things may even be relational, you know, like how I'm building my team, how I'm interacting, the way that my presence makes my team feel when I walk into a room. Am I threatening? Am I shutting people down? Am I being cocky or arrogant? Or am I uh, constantly on edge? Am I irritable? Am I barking at people? Like all of these things have long-term ramifications, let alone Oh, should we push out this product? Oh, should we hit innovation uh, into some new product? Should we do this acquisition? Should we sell? Blah, blah, blah. Like, if you really reverse engineer so many times, the bigger business aspects come down to the leadership and how they're leading their own lives and some of the procrastination that they're experiencing or expressing in their lives are now playing out and manifesting in their workplace. It's the craziest yeah. thing to observe. Yeah. And so we want to take uh, the, the next half of this show and really zero in on what are the reasons why we procrastinate? Because we can dial up and understand and uncover the reasons why, then we can actually tackle them. So mm. I, I want to go through this list, Angus. And, and the first one here is perfectionism. Yeah. And it's tied to the fear of failure because oftentimes the reason why we don't do something is because we have we have a fear of not meeting high standards mm -hmm. uh, that can lead to procrastination, right? We, we have yeah. these ideas that if I can't do it perfectly, I'm going to look like an idiot if I put mm -hmm. something out there. So I won't do it at all. And this is where it talks, you know, the, the way to combat this is what you were talking about with a growth mindset. A growth mindset isn't worried about failure or making mistakes or not doing it perfect because it sees progress over perfection, right? Mm. That failure leads to iteration and innovation and leads to success. So it's just a natural part of success. It's not a say, say that fear again. of failing. Progress over? It's progress over perfection. Mm. Uh, another, uh, I heard this leader say this and it offended me so much, bro. When I first heard it, it just... I, I'm a big believer in excellence. Yeah. And so when she said this, I almost threw my phone. I was the, the podcast I was listening to. I was like, no way. She said this. She said, B plus consistency runs circles and always outperforms A plus inconsistency. 
And she says, you put out consistent B plus work, you're going to be incredibly successful. Like your business mm. is going to take off. But a lot of times we want it to be A plus. And if it's yeah. not A plus, oh, I got to fix it. I got to tweak it. I'm not ready to send it out. And we become inconsistent. Mm. And so this idea of taking on a learner's mentality, this idea of saying, hey, I'm going to grow and let's put something mm. out there and learn in the process. Yeah. And it won't be perfect. Yeah. Like it'll, it'll deliberately be B plus. Yeah, but we're going to tweak it, and it's eventually uh, going to be more and more consistently looking a a minus, right? As we move forward. And what, what uh, was uh, that, Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn? He said uh, something to the effect of, uh, "If if if it's perfect and beautiful when you ship it, it's too late." Yeah, like he said, ship yeah. it ugly, and then you know perfect it along the way. But that's my words; it's not quite what he said. But that's what it makes me think. Yeah. Of. And so there's a couple of things we can do to um, combat this. The first one is the growth mindset, right? Is to come with a learner, uh, to come with a, hey, we're going to put it out there and we're going to learn from the mistakes, which is really hard because a lot of us have ego. A lot of us mm -hmm. have, you know, this idea of excellence. But if excellence leads to procrastination, we're losing. Yeah. If excellence leads to delay, we're losing. Someone else has already put it out there, mm -hmm. is already learning the, you know, from their mistakes mm -hmm. and are already iterating. Uh, another one is James Clear. He had the two minute rule. So if there's anything that comes up that you can do within two minutes, just do it. Yeah. Like one of my friends called it the whoop it now. <laughs> he goes, if you have something, especially something you're trying to avoid, yeah. an uncomfortable conversation, you know, a, a thing you just don't like doing, but you know, it's important, you know, it's going to move the business or your life forward. Mm -hmm. He just said, whoop it now. Like, mm -hmm. why not? Why delay? Why add mm -hmm. any layer of stress? of it sitting on the back burner. Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we wanna inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-Day Accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize the person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. Well, I, I want to just say one thing, because when you're at a certain level of, you know, your business, you know, if you are, you know, let's say, you know, a business 100 million plus, and I'm just randomly throwing that out there, but sometimes the decisions we make have massive consequences. And so we build up internally even more pressure because of, you know, the expectations, like you were saying, from the board, from um, you know, shareholders from, you know, venture capital or equity, like whoever's involved. Well, if you create a culture and everyone yeah. knows that we're in a, uh, a, a culture that progress over perfection, it's almost like you've insulated the, the construct to allow you to move forward so that everybody's expectations are equal. 
And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes some of those choices are hard, but that's why you're here. You are the leader. That's why you're carrying this mantle. That's why you're in this role, sitting in that seat, because you were built for this. You were made for this. And so you are designed to make some of these these hard decisions. So I want to just instill in you a confidence and an understanding and an encouragement today that wherever you're at, wherever you're sitting right now, like we see you, we see you. And this is your time. I don't know who that's for, but I just want to put that out there. The second one, overwhelm, fear of the unknown. Gosh, man, when you are overwhelmed by the size, the complexity, the unfamiliarity of this thing that's before you, it's easy to avoid. What I just described about having all this pressure, all of this expectation, fits right into that. Your fear of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And yet I would tell you, part of this is seeing it from uh, dissection of the smaller tasks, manageable, manageable steps, bringing other people, other parties into the expertise, into the decision-making, into uh, the amount of hands on the project so that you have as, a, have as much possibility of perspective, objectivity, and possibility as you possibly can. There's a lot of possibles in there. But it's like the more people that you can bring into the decision-making, the less overwhelm you have to carry by yourself. You do not have to do these things by yourself. You don't have to do them on your own. Like bring in other people to help, to get the eyes, the wisdom, the insight, the experience. Another piece of this, this whole aspect that I personally had to do, I for so long, I don't even have the post-it note here, but I had a post-it note on my wall And it says on the post-it note, it says, stop choosing to be confused. Hmm. And I did that for myself because I realized sometimes that was a defense mechanism for me. Like I created confusion in my own head so I didn't have to make a decision. Hmm. And what if that overwhelm that you're feeling is nothing more than you choosing to be confused. And I understand this is a lot of self-awareness involved, um, but I would tell you, again, having other people involved, breaking this thing into smaller pieces, smaller chunks, manageable steps, it's going to help you so, so much. So, so good. Uh, Brother, the third thing that we have is distractions and lack of focus. And Mm -hmm. this one has so much to do with environment. And as leaders, we often are the ones that can set that environment, set that culture. If we have open door policy where anyone could come in at any time and interrupt you in anything, Mm -hmm. while that sounds inviting, that's actually strategically ready for you to have a, a distraction dumpster fire, right? Yeah. Because you can never focus. You can never have an environment that's dedicated uh, to moving the needle. If you're working on a big project and people are coming in to, um, you know, interrupt if you allow your phone and don't put it on focus mode mm. at different times, if you don't have clear for, for and we're talking about major things, right? Mm-hmm. For big decisions, for big, you're putting together a, a big pitch for an investor, you're whatever that is, you're working on a, a, 
a gig, a speaking gig, or something like that, you're putting together your your speech, you need that focused time. Mm. And when we don't create an environment that has that focus where there's not a lot of interruptions, mm-hmm. um, distractions just take over or the fires start taking over. Mm. And so I there was one um, one leader, he runs this massive organization. I really respect him he had days for meetings. So he's like, Thursdays is my meeting day. But then he had whole days, Angus, blocked off where he was not allowed to be contacted. Like mm. he, was, he wouldn't even answer his email or he'd have his assistant do it. But mm. he would just be laser locked in on these two days. This is what I'm going to do. And not everybody's able to do that. But I think creating those moments of distraction-free zones, you get that two, you know, mm. one, two-hour block to move it forward can be a huge way of creating that non undistracted work environment. Yeah. Is there anything you do Angus or that you've heard to create that, uh, to create that moments of focus for the most important things? Yeah. I mean, I, I do all of that and, and sometimes it's more successful than other times. Uh, but in this season, it's like that's some of the stuff that gets me sucked under. And I realize that. And um, I also have blocked off all of my coaching calls till the afternoon for some of the same reasons, because my most creative time, my most productive time is in the mornings. And I protect that so that I can do all of that work in the mornings. And then the afternoon when my brain kind of has a little bit more fatigue to it, then conversations are so much easier for me. It's not deep Mm -hmm. thinking. Now it's like, oh, now I'm actually engaged in you. And there's something about me when I have a person on the other side, I have these little mechanisms like um, taking notes and uh, I have this little, like I don't know what you call this, a little fidget thingamabob. And I actually am able to super focus on my clients. And these are things that I've learned, whether out of coping mechanisms or experimentation or whatever, that now I've learned, oh my gosh, this really works for me. And I don't book coaching calls on Mondays and I try to protect my Fridays as much as possible as well. That's kind of my catch all day uh, for clients. Like if they call and say, oh, or they text me and say, I can't make this call, then we can bump them off. So that's my catch all day. But Mondays, I don't do any client calls for that exact same thing is like, this is the day where I've got business stuff done. Um, and I would say too, like when your brain is free and clear and you don't have as many things pulling on at the same time, this is what keeps you from getting into procrastination. You have clarity. Clarity helps tremendously. Last, uh, or the next one, number four is a lack of prioritization, which is kind of what we we're just talking about in some ways, you know, prioritizing your time. But what about the clear priorities, right? What did you say before? Um, it reminds me of the quote, something about exchanging the urgent for the important. Yeah, it's where we trade the urgent. We trade the most important things that are going to move our businesses forward, the yeah. things that only we can do, and we trade it for the urgent, the putting mm. out fires, and we put off the company moving forward because we're just trying to deal with this, and this client has this problem, and and mm-hmm. and and that, although it they are urgent, right? There are things that are urgent. Sometimes those things aren't important. 
Sometimes somebody mm. else can do it. Sometimes nobody should do it. Yeah. They should just get eliminated. Yeah. And so I think that's what we're talking about, right? With lack of prioritization. Yeah. And then, you know, related to that, kind of what we were just saying, um, you know, the time blocking, uh, that's an important piece. There's the 80-20 rule. Um, what was that? The, uh, the focus of 20% of what we do actually creates the majority of our success. And so how do you unload that 80% or how can you delegate or how can you, um, you know, hire for somebody to do the other stuff, the minutia or the things that don't give you energy, those areas, you can find other people who love doing those things are really great at doing those things. And suddenly you can stay more focused. And then something that I do, um, I have a little journal here and I write down like the two or three things that have to happen today. And if I get that done, I I win. And anything I get done above that is like icing on the cake. And that helps me prioritize like these two things have to get done. These three things, or maybe it's a one big thing. But that way you make sure that you're making progress and making decisions, making the calls you need to on just the thing that needs to be done. And if you get other things done, it's a bonus. What about number five, Tim? Number five, and this was a big one, is lack of accountability. And mm -hmm. we oftentimes don't want accountability for the very reason that yeah. no one's going to be checking up on us. And if we don't get that big thing done, we're the only one to blame. No one else is, you know, we're not letting anybody else down but ourselves. But when you add accountability, it's actually valuing yourself higher as a leader. Mm -hmm. It's seeing yourself with greater value greater worth when you make a commitment to yourself, you're going to mm -hmm. do it. And that's what accountability I have found really mm -hmm. brings. It's valuing yourself enough to put somebody else in the network to let somebody else know, Hey, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I, uh, I want you to ask me about it next time when we, you know, when we meet or whatever. And this is where obviously having an accountability partner, a colleague, someone you trust, someone, uh, who might not be in your business, yeah. but someone who, is is familiar with the same challenges that you have a mentor right if you have a mentor in your life that you are saying hey i'm going to be doing this mm -hmm. and i would love for you when we have our conversations to ask me about it you know because it's, yeah. it's putting it out into the universe yeah. and you know oh, i'm going to meet with that guy you know mm -hmm. I, I better get that thing done um this is also where obviously a coach you know somebody to be able to push you on mm -hmm. and then a mastermind being able to get in a group where everyone is holding each other to those high standards and you're not settling. You're not settling for, you know, second best business leader. You're not settling for the second best self. You're really like, okay, I'm having that mastermind and man, that, that guy's getting that win and that girl's yeah. getting that win. And like, dang it, I want, I want that win. I'm going to hold myself to that. Uh, when, when you start seeing other people getting wins, it can actually encourage and inspire you mm. to like, man, I want to do that same thing too. And that, that lack of accountability, when you don't have it in your life, it just gives you the easy out, right? Angus, you yeah. can just say, well, I don't really have to do that. Without accountability, there is no motivation for change. I had somebody say that to me years ago and I've never forgotten it. And I was mad at them when they said it. I still get a little mad today, but it's so true when you have accountability and I'm, this is really good for me because sometimes we will let ourselves down, at least for me, I'm talking for me. I, I won't talk for anybody else, but I'll sometimes not 
have integrity with myself in the past. And it's harder for me to not have an integrity for somebody else. So if there's an expectation for someone else, then I'm like, oh, Johnny on the spot, I'm going to get this done. And now I'm learning to have more integrity with myself and not needing some outside party. But I'm telling you, when you start, like it's the best thing you can possibly do is get somebody outside. So we've had a fascinating exploration today around this thing of procrastination, haven't we? Well, we've navigated the labyrinth of procrastination, uncovered its hidden traps and understood its subtle tricks. The journey was as much about understanding the terrain as it was about understanding ourselves. And procrastination, as we've discovered, is not simply laziness or lack of will. It's a complex web woven by perfectionism, by fear of failure, by feeling of overwhelm, by distractions, by a lack of focus, problems in prioritization, a void of accountability, and the fear of the unknown. And within this web, our dreams, our potential, our peace can become ensnared. But the web of procrastination is not indestructible. It can be untangled and you can free yourself. You can start climbing that mountain and what a view it will be. Not just the literal landscape stretching beneath you, but the vista of your own accomplishments. The peaks you can reach when you cast off the weight of procrastination. The journey ahead might seem daunting, but remember, every journey starts with a single step. And that step is not just about moving forward, but also about reaching out, reaching out for guidance, for support, for companion on the journey. So as we part ways uh, from this show, I invite you to take that step. Reach out to us. We're here to provide the support, the guidance, and the companionship you need on this journey. And together, we can map out a route, develop strategies, and provide the accountability that can turn this mountain of procrastination into a stepping stone towards your goals. So remember, you are capable. You are strong, and you are not alone in this. Each of us has a mountain to climb, and together we can reach heights we've only dreamed of. So take that step. Reach out to us now, and let's start climbing. And until next time, remember this. Don't wait. The time will never be just right. Here's to stepping forward into your power and conquering those mountains of delay. We're here for you on this journey. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+ where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving. 